the school is out. Which means it's time for Hi Kids. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hi Kids show. My name is Ronald Silverstone and I'm 11 years old. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. Today on the Hi Kids show, I'll be speaking to Rabbi Kiefman. He's going to be talking about Rosh Hashanah. What is Rosh Hashanah? Listen kids, don't go away. We have a very interesting show. Also on the show, here are the details if you have any questions for my guest Rabbi Kiefman. Or if you want to say hi to your friends and family. The SMS number is 34519 and is charged at 1 Rand 50 cents. You can send me a WhatsApp on 061-895-1019. And please, don't forget to sign your name. You can also call us on 010-140-3020. Please, kids, call us, call us, call us! Get ready for a very exciting show and show. Hi, kids, today. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. I'm Ronald Silverstone and I'm 11 years old. And thank you for tuning in on 101.9 Hi FM. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. Good afternoon, Rabbi. Good afternoon. It's so great to be with you here, Ronald. And what's your friend's name? My friend is Daniela Shada. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Daniela Shada and I'm 12 years old. And what school do you go to? Hirsch Lions. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Welcome, Daniela, and DJ Flo. And we also have another very special visitor here in the studio. <gasps> and it's Tippy. Tippy, say, say hello. 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 <laughs> hello, Tippy. So great to have you all here with us in the studio. Yep. I'm also a kid. Is. Yeah, we all are. That's uh, well, right. you have parents, which makes you a kid, you exactly. know? Exactly. So, like, what can you do? <laughs> Well, can you tell us the importance of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur? Well, I'll start off with the fact that Rosh Hashanah is just like three days away. That's an important thing. Yep, that's thing. very true. Very and if true. I could turn the table around, and I could be the interviewer, you tell me what you think is the importance of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Ooh, I'm busted. Do you want to do it together, Daniela? Come Yay! on, try it. Yay! Okay. So, no. Daniela, we can hear you say And Tippi. No. Tippi can also and share. Tippi. We all share. That's right. Okay. That's one of the important things of Rosh Hashanah is to share and care. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Let's start with Daniela. So what do you think the importance of Rosh Hashanah is? Come on. We're waiting. (laughs) We heard you. Okay, just speak. Okay. uh, Why do you think we dip apple in honey? I don't know. Sweet New Year. Well, what is... That's really... That's true. That's absolutely true. But do you know what Rosh Hashanah symbolizes? What's the importance of Rosh Hashanah? What do we celebrate? Sippy, would you like to answer? And then me. (laughs) Try, Sippy. What do you think Rosh Hashanah... Do you know what Rosh Hashanah means? What does Rosh mean? Show me where the... Where's the Rosh? Is it when you're you're hurrying? Is it a Rosh? No. So what's a Rosh? I know. Head. It's a head. And Shana? And what's Hashanah? So what's Rosh Hashanah? Head of the year. Head of the year, that's Woo! right. Daniela, do you agree? Yes. Woo! <laughs> oh, someone's shy. And <laughs> um, what do you say, Renal? I say that, Sippy, you are very intelligent. Ooh, I concur. So, what is the importance of Rosh Hashanah? Firstly, as Sippy said, Rosh Hashanah means the head of the year. It's like the New Year's, but it's so different than the typical New Year because Rosh Hashanah is the beginning of the year. But I'm going to flip the question a little more to you guys now. Really, Rosh Hashanah should be yesterday. Did you know that? No. Daniela, well, did you know that? Well, how many years old will the year will the world be on Rosh Hashanah this year? 5,000, 
779. Whoa! Yeah, we could count that. It's going to take some time. 5,779 years. Yeah, keep on counting. That's how many years. Yes, indeed. So, this is the celebration. We're celebrating the birth of the year, of the, the birth of the world. But the truth is that Rosh Hashanah celebrates the sixth day of the world's creation. Good point. Now, Would you like to explain why it's not the seventh year? Why it's not the seventh day? Yeah. Well, the seventh day would be Shabbos, and maybe that could be part of it too. But actually, the first day of the world's creation was yesterday, the 25th of Elul, but that's not Rosh Hashanah. The sixth day. Let's see if we know what was created on each day of creation 5,779 years ago. The world. The world. Well, that was probably the biggest invention ever that God created the world. It's called, you know, in Latin they say ex nihilo. You know what ex nihilo means? Nope. Something out of nothing. There was nothing before, and Hashem created a world. That's, in Latin, they say ex nihilo. But basically, Hashem created the world, and Hashem, so to say, is the king of the world. On Rosh Hashanah, we coronate, we appoint Hashem as our king. The thing is, God didn't have a nation, so God needed people, and we as human beings, and as Jewish people, we take the leadership here, and we coronate Hashem as the king. Now the thing is, what happened yesterday? What was yes- yesterday? 5,779 years ago. What did God make? The world, right? Yep. Well, what did God create on the first day of creation? Anyone know? Sippy, do you know? Daniela, do you know? Light and... Cameras. Dark. Lights and cameras. That's <laughs> pretty cool. <laughs> first day was light and dark. Let's see who knows what was on the second day. Hmm. Anyone? Mm-hmm. Yes. Animals. Plants, Animals. Well, we'll, bees, get, I don't know. we'll get to those. We will. And maybe even ask your, hey, maybe some of your listeners want to tune in here, want to chime in here and share if they know what God created in the days. Come on, guys. You can do it. That's Just right. comment. I will say the number again. <laughs> well, on the second day, God created the water and then the flowers and the trees. On which day? The Dead. third day. Very good. And what's about the fourth day? What do you think Hashem created on the fourth day? The animals. We'll get, we'll get there. The sun. That's right. The, the moon, the stars, the planets. And what about the fifth day? Animals. Animals. Very good. <laughs> what kind of animals? Bees, butterflies. Wild Fish animals. and birds. Okay. The Close wild enough. animals were created on the birds fly. Close sixth enough. day. <laughs> But guess what else Hashem created on the sixth day? At the very end of the sixth day? People. People. And that's exactly what Hashem... Which two people did Hashem create on the sixth day? Adam and Chava. Adam and Chava. Adam and Eve. And so we celebrate the creation of the human being. And in Rosh Hashanah, when Adam and Eve, Adam and Chava were created, that's the day we celebrate as Rosh Hashanah every single year. But it's not just that. Because in this day, (laughs) this day is a very, very special day. And on this day, Hashem decides the whole plan for the human beings, for the whole universe, for all those things that we just described, the water, the sun, the moon, the galaxies, the planets, the animals, the birds, the fish, the, the plants. Hashem decides on Rosh Hashanah what their year is going to be like. So what kind of year would you like? A uh, very, 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 very good. A very, 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 very good one. That's right. <laughs> what year I would like you that. like? A lucky year. 
Would you like to tell us what lacquer is? What lacquer? Ah, I can I can't Afrikaans ne. Okay, I'll say. Let's hear. It's good. It's good. But you know something? Everything Hashem does is good. But not always do we see how good it is. That's why, you know what the traditional greeting uh, this time of year is? What do we tell people? They should have a good and... Happy. Sweet. Sweet. That's right. Sweet like a lemon. No, not sweet like a lemon. Sweet like honey. We want it to be sweet because everything that comes from Hashem is not only good, but we want it to be sweet that we feel how good it is indeed. Yeah, definitely. Isn't that awesome? Mm. What is the sign of fiction of the shofar? The sign. Oh, do you know how to blow a shofar? Yeah, kind of. You want to try it? Yeah, sure. Go for it. <laughs> Tippy, let, let's see if Tippy can blow. Try. Do no? it. Come on. Do let's it. see if do you can it. do it. Try. Hey, kids, did you all hear the shofar today? Well, no. Well, if you didn't hear it yet, we'll do a little bit of a blast right now. Right, let's just see stand a little good bit away from the microphone. the shofar you are. Wow, I would blow say your ears away. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. That was uh, a shkayach. I like your lexicon. Amazing. That's good. What, do you know what shkayach means? It means strength unto you. And one could use a little bit of strength in the longer shofar, especially on Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> so, yes, indeed. Tip even wants a story about the shofar. All right, so, maybe I could tell you a little bit about the shofar. And maybe even I could share a story if that's what Go you really want. Go for it. Go right now. We don't mind. But... The shofar. What do you know about the shofar before I tell you about the shofar? I know um, that the first there's names for every blow. That's I right. I just don't remember them. Okay, there's we'll one of them. There's takia. There's one of them. That's right. What, what so is takia? And takia was that. That was takia. That was the long blast. That's right. And then there's nine blasts, and then no. Then yep. there's three blasts and then there's nine. That's right. The three is called shivarim, broken. Oh, yes. And then comes teruah. Now, I'm going to share with you a little bit about each of those. But let's first understand what is, I mean, I put the shofar a little bit distant, a little bit away from the microphone because that could give quite a blast. It's like yeah. an alarm clock. You mm-hmm. know, I was visiting the old H.O.M. once and I came into my friend's room. He's an old man named Jaime. And he hardly has anything in his room. But I look at him. I say, Jaime, do you have a watch? He says, no, why I need a watch? I say, do you have a clock? Who needs a clock? I have a shafer. I say, well, I don't know how you could tell time with a shafer. Come, I show you, he says. And he picks up a shafer and he starts blasting it. All of a sudden, a whole lot of the neighbors start screaming, at two o'clock in the morning, you're blowing a shafer. He says, you see, Rabbi, I don't need a clock. I have a shafer. It tells me the time. <laughs> that was pretty cool. But that is what a shofar does. A shofar is like a wake up. It's an alarm clock. And there's a couple of significances. You know what significance means? No. Important <laughs> lessons of the shofar. And the Gemara gives us 10 reasons for the shofar. I'll maybe share a few of them with you. One of the famous reasons for the shofar is because when on Rosh Hashanah, Avraham took his son Yitzchak to the Akedah. You heard of the Akedah? The binding no. of Isaac? That's a story we're going to read on Rosh Hashanah. So make sure that you... You could read it to us now if you want. Well, um, let's see if we could take out 
חומש, ויהי אחר הדברים האלה, והאלוקים ניסו. אוקיי, אבל אתה תגיד את זה בראש השנה ושול, אז אני לא אעשה את הפרידה של זה עכשיו, אבל האמת היא שזאת סיפורית. And at the end, let's see if you remember the details. Tzipi, did Avraham slaughter his son? Did he sacrifice his son Yitzchak? N-O. N-O. What did they offer as a sacrifice instead? Um, the ram. The ram. And the shofar is the horn of the ram. So it reminds us what Avraham and Yitzchak, Abraham and Isaac are Great, 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 privileges and their merit and their honor. So that is one of the messages of the shofar. Another important message of the shofar, like I said before, is it's an alarm clock. It's like a wake-up call. Now, did you ever play that game? It's something like, um, ooh, I forget what it, I don't know what the game is called. But when I was a kid, we used to play this really fun game. Basically, one kid would be blindfolded and the other kid had their hands tied and tied so they couldn't pick anything up. And the kid who had their hands tied had to lead the kid who was blindfolded in this game of picking up as many sweets as they could in a certain amount of time. You ever play that game? Uh, It's a nope. fun game. Maybe we'll play it in Arshul. Yay. Yay. Oh, well, let me tell you a little bit why I think of that game. Do we get to eat the sweets? Well, you got to be careful that you don't get a huge dental bill after. So you got to be careful how many sweets. You're sweet enough without too many sweets. So just <laughs> be careful how many sweets you eat. But let me explain. Let me share with you something. You see, we are... Our Rosh Hashanah was celebrating the creation of man. Now, yeah. man is not just the body that you see. When you look in a mirror, you see a body. But you know that we're created in God's image. Right? That's what the Torah says. We're created in God's image. So, let me share with you, there's something else called our neshama, our soul. Are you familiar with the soul? Yep, definitely. Definitely. Well, we have a body and we have Everyone a soul. Is. And maybe when we come back from the next important announcement, I could share with you a little bit about the message of the body and the soul, the neshama and the soul. And the goof and the candies we collect and maybe I'll tell you a little story about the shofar if you want to hear that yes. shofar so good <laughs> okay well we'll hear it right off the, the break you're listening to hi kids on 101.9 hi FM this is hi kids for kids back kids my name is Renal Silverstone and I'm 11 years old let's carry on with the questions with rabbi so we were talking before about that game and Where the blindfolded person has to collect the candies, the sweets, and the person who's got their hands tied basically is directing them and leading them and showing them how and where to collect the sweets because they're blindfolded, they can't see. And in a similar way, I want to say that we have a body and a soul, a neshama and a guf, and they're like partners in that game. You see, the neshama, the soul, is like the partners with the hands behind the back because you can't see the soul, could you? Well, if you're a magical person, yeah. Well, the thing But no, is, you can't. <laughs> the soul could see. The soul really does see. And the soul sees the truth. The soul knows what Hashem wants and knows what's good and knows that we got to do mitzvahs and study Torah and do the right things. But the soul doesn't have hands or legs. So 
the soul can't do anything on her own. What does the soul need in order to accomplish, to do the things that it has to do? A body. A body, exactly. So all those sweets spread out are like the mitzvahs. Mitzvahs are really, really sweet, aren't they? Yeah. Right? <laughs> and the neshama sees the mitzvahs and wants to do them. But just like the partner in the game with their hands behind the back and, and fold and, uh, what do you call them, tied together, right? They just can't do them on their own. They need the body to help out. And the body is sort of like the blind partner. Why do you think the body is like the blind partner? What do you think? Well, I actually would like you to answer because as I, I, you are the guest. Okay. So why don't you say? So the hands, well, think about the body. The body has hands and feet and a heart. It can do all sorts of great stuff. But it could also sometimes act a little bit silly. Sippy, do you ever act silly? Mm, sometimes. Sometimes. Well, that's what kids do. So sometimes we act silly and we do things that perhaps aren't good for our nish- for ourselves. But the neshama, the soul sees and knows what's right, knows what's good, knows what's proper. And so the body sometimes just acts like whatever it wants. It wants it right now. The thing is an animal behaves on impulse. You ever went to the Kruger Park nope. or yes. to a zoo or to... Yeah. What's the one near? What's what's the other one nearby called? Pielensburg. Have you ever been to Pielensburg? Well, when you see the animals, even in the zoo, the animal does whatever it wants. If the animal wants to poop, it poops. If the animal (laughs) wants to eat, it eats. And it doesn't care if it just kills another animal. It doesn't care what anyone wants. You see, because it's just an animal. That's like what we call in Kabbalistic terms our nefesh Bahamas, our body. The body just likes. Fun and food and sleep and even sometimes doing silly things that I might regret later. You ever done something that you might regret a little later? Mm-hmm. Many mm-hmm. times. Well, did you ever, let's say, think, I'm just thinking back to a couple of years ago when I was a little bit younger, littler of a kid. And you come home from school and I'm just not in the mood of doing my homework. And my mom might say, you know, got to do your homework. And I say, soon, not right now. Want to just have some fun, play with my friend. Well, in my days, there were no iPads and we had no TV. So I'd just go outside and play ball with my friends or some other fun thing. But then the next day when my homework wasn't done or wasn't completely done, uh, Flo, I see you are resonating with me. You know what I'm talking about. We get into trouble and then we have remorse. We regret not doing what we were supposed to do. So in order for us to do the right thing, the neshama and the body, the body and the soul, have to work together, sort of like the two kids in that game. It's a fun game. Why don't you play this Rosh Hashanah with your friends, and then you could teach them this powerful lesson. So the idea that I want to say is that sometimes we ignore our neshama. We ignore what our soul is telling us, even though we know the soul knows what's best for us. And sometimes we just do things that are silly. And that's why we have to listen to our soul. And the body and soul need to work together in tandem with each other. And guess what happens when we blow the shofar? What is the shofar reminding us? It's a wake-up call. It's your alarm clock. Well, on Rosh Hashanah, we blow the shofar, and we blow it to remind us to do the right thing. Now, just before, Ronel, you told me that there's three blasts of the shofar. So Mm -hmm. let's review those three blasts very quickly. First one is called tekiah. What does tekiah do? Exactly. It's one long shofar blast. And it's like the neshama calling out. It's crying. It's saying, please listen to me. Don't ignore me. Yoo-hoo, I'm here. 
That's the first part, the tekiah. Then comes the shavarim, which are three shorter blasts. Do you want to give us a rendition of the shavarim? There you go. It sounds like crying, because when we think about our year, we realize that, uh uh-oh, I may have done some silly things that I regret. Was I not nice to my little brother? Was I mean to somebody? Did I not listen to my parents? You know, I don't have to tell you all the things you did. You know, but don't focus on the bad. Focus on the good. That's right. And that's why we wake below the shofar to say, I'm not a bad person, even if sometimes I make some mistakes. I'm really a good person. And therefore, I'm going to do even better. And when we blow the shofar, oh yeah, there's one more blast. That's called the turo. What does the turo do? That's right. It's nine really short blasts. And it sounds, I guess, like my alarm clock, which sometimes we push snooze, you know, the snooze button. Yeah. Or like someone's got hiccups. Right? So it's a reminder that there's work to be done. We got to do work. We got to get out there and make the world a better place. We got to make ourselves better. So when Rosh Hashanah comes, we remind ourselves it's a new year. It's a new beginning. It's a new you. And therefore, we tell ourselves, even if I wasn't the best, I was good, but I could even be better. And that's the reason we blow the shofar. It reminds us that nobody's perfect. Even if we messed up, even if we, by mistake, said something mean to somebody or whatever we may have done that wasn't right, well, we remember that we got to get the neshama, the soul and the body to work together. And the body's got to know who's boss. It's the neshama, it's the soul. And the shofar is that reminder. It reminds us what's the right thing. So that's why we blow the shofar. Tippy mm, wants a story. Maybe we'll do a story soon. I know that we got a couple of more questions. I know you wanted to ask yeah, me. So I'm listening. I'm more. waiting to hear your questions. So, why do we need to blow it, the shofar for the whole of Elul? Ooh. You know, some people, it takes them time to get out of bed. They need like one wake up and another wake up. Does that ever happen? Or you get out of bed right when your mom wakes you up? Not exactly right. Not exactly. Sometimes it takes some time. Yeah, I just... Well, uh, not sometimes. <laughs> well, the month of Elul, the entire month, is a preparation. You ever went to a wedding or to a, a function, a party, anything? It doesn't just happen. It takes lots of work. It takes preparation. So we spend a whole month of Elul in preparation for the big day of Rosh Hashanah. And that's why we prepare. We prepare ourselves spiritually. And I have no doubt your mom is making some delicious food in her kitchen right now. And no doubt that you've got guests that you've invited. Do you think the guests are going to walk inside of your house and say, Hey guys, why don't you roll up your sleeves? We're going to start cooking the food now. No, they don't, we don't do that. Yeah, no. We have it ready-made. We prepare in advance. And guess what? The th- six days of creation, Hashem, God Almighty, was preparing the world for the seventh day of creation, for the sixth, for the end of the sixth day, when man was created. And just like... God prepared for us. We prepare for this very special day and we blow the shofar throughout the month of Elul in preparation, in anticipation, and we do teshuva, which means we return. What do you mean we return? You know what it means to return? Yep. What does it mean? Give back. Well, that's, that's one meaning and it's a good meaning. But we also return to our real selves because you're really good, like we said. And sometimes we make mistakes. Yeah. So return means I'm returning to the real me, to the one who doesn't want to make mistakes, to the one who really wants mm-hmm. to be the best I could be. And that's why we blow the shofar a whole month of Elul. Yeah. 
So, if we don't have a chauffeur, what will we do? Or can we blow a trumpet? Ooh la la. Well, you better get yourself a shofar. You know, in the Torah, it does say, which means with trumpets, and the shofar. Both are mentioned, and we're going to speak about them in our prayers in the davening of Rosh Hashanah. However, in the times of the temple, actually, both were blown, the trumpets and the shofar. But today, in shul, we only blow the shofar. So, why don't we celebrate Rosh Hashanah in January? Well, I celebrate New Year's in January. Do you? We have lots of fun in January and New Year's. I am from New York, actually. It's a big city, a big apple. And on New Year's in New York, they have in a big place called Times Square. Any of you kids ever been to Times Square? It is so exciting. And (laughs) millions of people are there. And they drop a ball and they do this thing, you know, New Year's and they party and there's lots of confetti. But let me tell you, Rosh Hashanah is so much more awesome. And like I said earlier, Rosh Hashanah doesn't celebrate the Gregorian calendar, which is what January 1st commemorates. But rather, Rosh Hashanah is symbolic of the day man was created. And that's why we spend time in the shul, in the synagogue, and we pray, we daven, we ask Hashem, we ask our Father in heaven, almighty God, to grant us all the things we want for this year. You ever think about the things you want this year? Mm-hmm. Well, let's start with what would be on top of your list? Huh. What would be on top of my list? How about health? Would you like to be healthy? Yeah. but that Could you think of anyone who's top. maybe sick and could use healing? Yes. Yes. What about asking yes, God for that we should do well in our tests in school? Yeah, well, my friend um, does that. <laughs> oh, what about asking God that our parents should make enough money to be able to pay for school and food and holidays and all the other fun things we want? Because that could get expensive. Holidays. Yeah. So we ask Hashem in our prayers for all the good things we want for the year. And it's important to ask God for your needs. And it's important to realize that we have needs in our life. And as much as we have, you know what it says in Perkyavot, the ethics of our fathers? Who is really happy? A person is happy and satisfied with what they have. But as much as we have, we must be satisfied with what we got because there's people who have less than us. But at the same time, God made us in a way that we need things, that we need more stuff. And the reason for that simply is because if we didn't need, we wouldn't want to grow. And so even if we got a 90 in our test or whatever mark you got, you always want to do better because there's always room for improvement. What if you got a hundred? Well, if you got a hundred, don't be complacent. You know what complacent means? Complacent means like, ah, I'm good enough. I don't have to study again because I'm so clever. (laughs) I'm so smart. No, you have to study. You're only going to get a hundred if you really work hard. So you have to work just as hard, if not harder, for the next exam too. So, of course, you got to be happy if you get a hundred. Give yourself a nice high five if you get a hundred. But never rest on your laurels. Always try to do better and to improve and to be better. If there's a Yiddish expression that I'd love to share with you kids. It goes like this. Aibgut is good. Is better and it better? See if you could tr- turn that into one of your tongue twisters one day. Aibgut is, is good. Is, net, is better and it better? You know what that means? If good is good, isn't better better? Huh. Right? So we always got to try to do better. 
Is it true that Mashiach will blow the same horn that Abraham from that Abraham blew from the ram? From the ram. Ooh, that's a very good question. First of all, I would like to do something they do in the Talmud. Teku. You know what teku means? That you'll find out when Mashiach comes, and we hope and pray Mashiach comes right away, and then we could see it in our own eyes. But indeed, it's a good question you ask because the tradition is that Mashiach would blow from that shofar. You want to know why? The Medrash tells us something fascinating. The Medrash says that when Avraham was taking Yitzchak to the Akedah, to the binding of Mount Moriah, you know what happened? He saw the ram stuck in the thicket. And Avraham was worried, and he saw that the ram would try to get out of it. You know what would happen next? It would also try to get out, and then it would get stuck again. And backwards and forward, that was happening over and over and over again. So, Avraham says to Hashem, Avraham asks Hashem, what that's about, what's going on, what is the message? You know, whenever we see something, we always got to take a message from it. And the Medrash says, Hashem said to Avraham, that your children, your descendants, are destined to be caught. Sometimes we get entangled in things and misfortunes and challenges and problems. Do you ever face some difficulty in your life? Do you ever see problems and challenges? And then you're so happy and delighted that you get away from it, that things just work out right? Well, Hashem said to Avram, this is the nature of the world. Sometimes we struggle. Sometimes we have difficulties, whether it's with our studies or maybe we thought our friend was our best friend and then they get into a little fight with us and we feel like, oh my gosh, my whole world is coming crashing down. But you know something? This is life that we have better times and worse times. And Avram then asks Hashem, he asks God, he said, master of the world. Is it going to be like that forever? Will we always be getting into trouble and out of trouble? Like the ram was stuck and getting out of being stuck and stuck again and then getting out of being stuck and stuck again? And God replied that in the end, they will be redeemed by the horns of this very ram. And there's actually a verse that says that the shofar would be blown on that special day when Mashiach comes. And we hope that that happens very soon. So it means from the very trouble itself will come the good times. Yeah. Would you like to quickly tell us your story and then we'll go to another song break? Oh, you want a story? Okay. Tippy, which story did you want to hear? Something related to uh, any story. Well, there's one story that comes to my mind about the shofar that I'll share with you very quickly. See, many, 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 many years ago, there were no fire engines. Now, Tippy lives in Santon next to a fire station. She gets to see sometimes those big red fire trucks and they even come sometimes to our big menorah in Santan Central and Hanukkah is not too far away. After we get Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and Sukkot, soon comes Hanukkah. It's going to be around holidays time and then we have this giant menorah in Santan and we even get fire trucks to help us light it. But back in those days, yeah, many, 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 many years ago, there were no fire engines and there were no fire hoses to take out a fire. Did you see, sadly, yesterday here in Johannesburg, there was a terrible fire? It was devastating. Some people even died in the fire. Fire is no joke. It could be very hazardous. So how do you think they would extinguish? How do you think they would take out a fire? Do you know what they would do? Yes. What what do you think they would do? With a hose. Good job, But how did they know if there was a fire? You know, in those days, houses were mostly built out of wood. And do you know that wood catches fire very easily? Mm -hmm. So fire breaking out in a town actually could be a terrible disaster because if the fire catches onto one person's house, 
it could it could be contagious. It could catch on from one place to the next, and it could burn all the homes of the whole town to the ground. That wouldn't be very nice, would it? So here's what they used to do when a fire broke out in a town or in a village or in a city back in the old days. Most towns had a very tall watchtower. It was taller than the tallest of all the buildings. Like what's the tallest building in this town? Uh, not Punti. What's the tallest building? Do you know? Let's just go to Paris. Paris? The Eiffel Tower. Oh, what about a Dubai? The Burj Khalifa. And what about here in Joburg? I think it's the Carlton Tower. Am I correct? DJ Flo says I'm correct. So there would be a watchman who stood at the top of the tower. And basically, they kept a lookout at all times to see if any fire was starting. And if there would be a fire, you know what they would do? Nope. They would blow a bugle, which would make a big, loud sound, sort of like the shofar. And... Or they would have maybe a bell, but they would basically make a loud noise to alert everybody about the fire. And then you know what would happen? When you heard that bell or the bugle being blown, that you knew there was a fire. And what wow. do you do if there's a fire? Run, scream, help! Help! Well, all the people would gather. Everyone would stop working. They don't want their house to burn down. And they would all work together to collect water. And they would start dumping it on the fire. So... And then you would have more men running back and women, whoever wanted to get involved, boys and girls, and they would fill up pails and buckets of fire. Would they fill up? No, not fire. Of water. <laughs> and they would get the people who were nearby, who were near the fire, they would take them to safety. Wow. Do you want to hear more of the story? Well, we don't have a lot of time. All right, so maybe we'll have to either continue the story another time or after your next ed break, I'll try to tell you the story very quickly. Do you know anything about the Lion King? Well, I do, but there's not enough time, so maybe next time. Are you ready for the tongue twister? This is how it works. You can call us on 010-140-3020, and I will count how many times you can say the tongue twister in 10 seconds. Just a reminder that the Kid Riddle is who are people you see every day, but you don't. And you can send your... Your answers to 34519 or what's up to 061-895-1019. You can call now on 010-140-3020 to see if you can say the tongue twister faster than me and Sippy. Bobby, Bippy, bought a bat. Do we have any callers for the tongue twister? Oh, well, we don't. Rabbi, Sippy, you... Rabbi, would you also like to? Why not? It sounds like lots of fun. All right, let's start with Rabbi. Okay, who's first, Sippy or Rabbi? Rabbi. Rabbi. Okay, give me, and give it to me again. How does it go? Which, what's the tongue twister? Bobby, Bippy, bought a bat, and it's on that paper. Okay, Bobby, Bippy, bought a bat. Bobby, Bippy, bought a bat. Wait, Bobby, Bippy, hold on. Just a practice round. So good job, Sippy. Hopefully you can do that. But three, two. Well, let's go. Bobby Bippy bought a bat. 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 Wally Wackamole. That was 13 times. Look like someone's a champion. Tippy, can you beat Rabbi Kiefman? Do you think you can? Um, I don't know. I think you can. Just go for it, all right? 
You can do it. Three, two, one, blast off. Bobby, 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 I can't believe you. I say you got 20 because you were so amazing and you tried your best. Now it's my turn. Three, two, one, and go. Ah! Bobby, 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 I got zero. <laughs> All right. Don't give up. Never give Never. up. Never. Never. That's okay. You might have well, gotten a hundred. <laughs> oh, maybe. Maybe if we had a lot of time. <laughs> if All we right. Had Twenty seconds. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so that was mm, what was it? Thirteen and twenty times. Woo! All right. This has been Hi Kids, Four Kids, Bye Kids. My name is Renal Susser, and I'm eleven years old. You can... Okay, lots... You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. Alright, I almost forgot about the riddle. The riddle was, who are people you see every day but you don't? Well, the answer is... Drumroll... The first answer was from the paper. Well done, paper. This has me, hi kids, four kids, bye kids. My name is Renalsos and I'm 11 years old. Thank you to my guests, Rabbi Kievman and Sippy and Daniela for coming on hi kids. And thank well, you to my paper. producer, Mandy and DJ Flo. I guess paper's just paper, you know. They always <laughs> have the answers. All right, join us on Monday for another, for another hi kids oh, show only on 101.9 hi FM. Oh, yeah, Monday's Rosh Hashanah. I should have said Wednesday. 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 All right, Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, you're all having 